What's up? What's happening? And welcome to the Brothers in Law podcast. I'm one of the in laws here, and joining me, as he always will, is my Joel loving and Abby hating brother in law, <laughs> CJ Carson. You think I'd let you record this episode on your own? Of course not. How could I go on without you? Dude, one year. This game's been on a year, and we got to play it on the one year anniversary. We got it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And then I got married two days after that. After the first go round, yeah. Yeah. And I just got to play it and play it. <laughs> you were stuck on your honeymoon. Yeah, you were texting me the entire time. I hated you so much. I enjoyed it. I'm never ahead of you on that. <laughs> you beat it the before me this time around, though. And you did, well, you did last time too. Yeah, I beat it. Yeah. Yeah. And you held everything over me, and I'll never forgive you for it. You still probably got more trophies. But I'm willing to try. Are you? If the good Lord gave me a second chance. <laughs> I'd still play it all first again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Brothers in Law podcast. CJ and I take a video game monthly. We play through it. We dissect what the game is trying to tell us or inform us, which is what we would call a worldview. Then we discuss how the game either points to the gospel or how the gospel fulfills or critiques the themes in the game. In a world where 3.1 billion people play video games, we want to share the intentional and unintentional gospel truths that video games provide. So... Here's what you can expect from this episode. We're going to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. This will be the most divisive episode we have, I think. You think so? Hopefully. Yeah, it could be. We're going to introduce The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, we're going to talk about what it is. We're going to briefly discuss what we liked, what we didn't like. And then we're going to talk about the worldviews of The Last of Us 2. And this is pretty much where the bulk of our attention is going to be put. Sure. With worldviews and then the critique. But what is a worldview? What, what are the worldviews that it promotes? Uh, what does it contain? And then we'll do gospel parallel or gospel fulfillment. And this is what, if anything, points to the gospel. And then how does the gospel fulfill or critique the embedded worldviews in The Last of Us Part 2? And then if that's not enough to satisfy your desires, we'll probably do the most challenging thing in this podcast. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about the challenges to Christians. What are the challenges, if any? And I promise you there are some. Spoiler alert. <laughs> lots of challenges. That this game game. would present to Christians. We just wanted to discuss that. We felt like that's a better way of just kind of giving a, yeah, just a nice critique for it. Should we as Christians play these games? We would argue yes, if you listen to the first uh, episode that we ever recorded. But uh, we'll kind of get into that later. But how's that sound, CJ? It's going to be fruitful. Yeah. Did I say fruitful? Fruitful. I'm in insane. (laughs) (laughs) So many jokes I could say right now. All right. What is The Last of Us? Let's just get right into this, okay? Mm-hmm. Per PlayStation, I have a quote here. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll roll How about this. that. Five years after their dangerous journey across the post-pandemic United States, Ellie and Joel have settled down in Jackson, Wyoming. Living amongst a thriving community of survivors has allowed them peace and stability despite the constant threat of infected and other more desperate survivors. When a violent event, golf club related, disrupts that peace, Ellie embarks on a relentless journey to carry out justice and find closure. As she hunts those responsible one by one, she's confronted with the devastating physical and emotional repercussions of her actions. Did you did you just put something else in there? A golf? About the golf club thing? Is there a golf club thing the, in there? The, the people should know. 
is amazing. <laughs> Dude, when I when this game first came out and I was trying to avoid reviews and spoilers, yeah. I accidentally glimpsed Golf Club. And uh, I can't even remember what, what kind of... Uh, what, uh, maybe it was Amazon down in the reviews or something. I was just trying to find... I don't even know what I was looking for at the time. I just saw Golf Club and someone hating on some lady. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that's about. I remember we uh, we got this game at midnight. The original plan, thanks COVID, uh, was to <laughs> go to GameStop and actually get it around like 9 or 10 o'clock. That's pretty much what happens now. They used to like... I remember going to a few midnight releases and it would truly be midnight, but now GameStop just does what the movie industry does, you know, and they yeah. release the game at nine o'clock or something. And that was the original intent. Uh, but we had to wait till actual midnight for the thing to download. I was writing a paper. And so I was like, I couldn't play it as soon as you did. Yeah. I had about a 20 minute head start on yeah and um well let's just get right into it joel dies pretty early on into this game and uh you did a beeline (laughs) (laughs) you were you're in another room playing the game and then you did a beeline while i was playing while i'm catching up yeah and i'm i'm controlling abby and i don't know what the heck's going on and you just stared at me yeah I i literally just sprinted in sat down on the couch and as you turned back around and kept playing and i was just making faces and like silently screaming at her. I've never seen you more horrified and shocked at the same time. I was naughty dog set out to accomplish a goal emotionally. And with me, they did it. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, I know we just gave the, uh, per PlayStation, uh, type of description, but this is a, this is a huge deal for naughty dog to make a sequel to that last game. I mean, it just is a lot of people actually, figured and well they were actually rooting for this idea that naughty dog would create the last of us and then just leave it as it is there's a lot of popular you know people people that really have that idea and it's a popular idea yeah i I personally would have been fine with it it's it's strong enough to stand on its own it definitely is uh and it 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 makes you wonder you know where it would have maybe ended up if it just left it alone but you also cannot be bored when you see the last of us part two teaser. I mean, when this thing got announced, I think it was 2016. Um, I, I went berserk, man. I, I, I just, as soon as I saw the firefly symbol, I was just like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, please just give it to me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but very, I mean, it's hard to top. How do you top a masterpiece? Like the last of us. I mean, we really, we were boastful about the game last time we recorded. Yeah. That's the game we always reference, I think, in every episode. It's my favorite game of all time. I mean, it's just a fantastic, it's just a fantastic game. So, uh, Naughty Dog is pretty, uh, they're running on some mighty thin ice by (laughs) making a part two. And, um, well, we'll discuss and we'll, we'll, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like, but we're mainly going to talk about the worldviews, but I don't know, maybe we should also just give our opinion after we kind of critique it with our what we like and what we don't yeah. like let's critique it at the very end and, you know give a score or whatever you think about it yeah yeah it's fun like i'm not gonna spoil anything there but i was thinking it would be so funny for the tone of this episode if one of us took on a pro like stance on the game and the other one took a con this just, game's trash this game Convince is <laughs> completely perfect you're dead wrong if you think otherwise. well and you know that's even funnier that you even say that because a lot of tens, a lot of nines yeah. from the uh, from the critics. Um, I know, I remember I woke up in the middle of the night when the um, embargo dropped, 
I, I just randomly woke up, but I knew the score was going to be available. Lo and behold, Game Informer gave it a 10. So it, it And mm-hmm. that was like a week before the game actually came out, and I was stoked. So, um, But if you look on Metacritic, I mean, it has a 3 out of 10 or something like it's that. It's insane. The users hated it. And I, I don't even know if it's fair to say that. Users. Because uh, I think a lot of people were just downplaying the game immediately on day one. Yeah. Uh, so, and... I mean, you get to you get to Joel dying, and your opinion on the game goes south pretty quickly. Yeah, and agendas, political agendas. Uh, Nick, it's politicized, uh, sure. Well, uh, well, there there's things you can politicize, and I'll say that. Yeah, let's just say Druckmann. You know, Neil Druckmann. He's very outspoken about how politics play a, a part in your game there mm-hmm. and in your writing process. And I think that triggers a lot of people when they hear the word politics. And you and me will kind of talk about this, but like there are some agendas that are, te- yes, they are in the game, but they're not spotlighted. They're not really there. Yeah, they're, they have and, more of a subtle feel. Sure. You and me can also disagree about that, too, and that'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, the, playing this game the second time through, I was just like, you know, there's definitely things here and that they're trying to represent. They're trying to yeah. diversify and they're trying to promote, no doubt. But it doesn't speak louder than, you know. It's, it's not the main B. ideas they're trying to flush out. Exactly. It doesn't look like. So anyway, uh, all that to say. All right, let's talk about what we liked. How okay. about that? You want me to lead off? Yeah, you go first. So I wanted to talk about, you know, just what a good-looking game it was or the awesome movement running to, like, dive into your laying position. Super and Aiming cool. from your back. Super cool. Um, I mean, playing guitar, it's got so many good qualities there. But honestly, the thing I couldn't shake was the first time – so this time playing around, we really enjoyed the game. Yeah. The first time, like we couldn't make our minds up on yeah, whether or not tough. we liked it. That's tough. And I think they they told the story so well, and like Joel dies so brutally. And what they want you to do is grieve along with Ellie and and be you know horror stricken along with Ellie, and that worked. Like we were both so rattled, we didn't realize how much we did or didn't like the game. I agree. Yeah. But then playing the second through time, we're like, whoa, this is this is a really fun game to go. Th-. Like, I'm definitely going to play this game several times again. Like, it's not just going to get put on a shelf after this by any means. Yep. And then I've always liked the kind Mostly of... Mostly because we both own it digitally and we can't do anything about it anymore. That's a good point. That is a good point. And then I also just love multi-perspective games. Like, ever since Halo 2 came out and you could play Master Chief, but then they would bounce you back and forth between him and his Covenant kind of equal you don't know because you didn't play that game don't you dare talk he's about halo called here. the arbiter and he's incredible and i'm i'm done with you um <laughs> and this game is just one more feather in the hat of naughty dog telling incredible like human emotion driven stories yep like i don't i don't again i don't know what the plan is for Druckmann after he retires but like quentin tarantino he needs to just write books or something yeah so. yeah yeah, I agree with everything you just said except for the Halo part. But um, there's grace. <laughs> so you know, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing uh, is I feel like the first time we we played this game, yeah, we didn't really know how we felt about it. But I always liked the combat. I really did. I, yeah. I really liked all the combat. And then you know, sorry, I, I just gotta flex on you for a little bit. I'm playing on the PlayStation Five now. <laughs> So I'm playing in 60 frames. You always work that into How are those too. 30 frames turning out for you right now? I think they're fine. <laughs> Next topic. And uh, But smooth gameplay. I really like it. I like Abby's weapons a lot. 
actually. And I like how they kind of both play differently. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Ellie is more of a, a stealth kind of character. And Abby, you can just roll over people if you want. There's some things I miss. You know, obviously, like, um, I wish... Abby had some Molotovs or something like that. I really like those things. Yeah. Those and I felt fun. like those like bomb things that she has, they mm-hmm. don't do as much, but whatever. Um, yeah, such a fun game to play. Uh, and <laughs> it seems weird that I'm saying something like that because this is like a set in a grounded universe that is pretty emotional. You know, there's... In I, a negative way. I'll be honest. There's not a lot of lighthearted parts in this story except for the flashbacks mostly in my opinion yeah. um there are definitely some moments but yeah it's for the most part it's a very it's kind of a depressing and kind of a serious world to play in um the graphics are just amazing i remember that the first time when you just you know joel's talking to tommy at the very beginning of the game then they pull up the garage door and then you're just you i mean it's, you're just in a neighborhood and then all of a sudden you come upon that like Oh, on top of the hill and yeah. you're just riding down. I mean, it is beautiful. This is a gorgeous looking yeah, game. Yeah, you can photo mode pretty well in this game. It is a amazing looking game. I really liked it. Um, and then lastly, for me, I would just say the dodge mechanics were really good. It took a while to kind of get used to them, but I like them. I, I really do like it. I really like the dodge stuff because it seemed very awkward, like you would do in reality. Like no one's a skilled season, you know, samurai warrior in in reality like ghost of Tsushima or, or something like that and so it was always awkward and they do a little grunt when you dodge oh <laughs> that's what i would look like trying to, <laughs> trying to get past like a clicker or something or a machete or sure yeah i uh and then also the crawling mechanics mm. the crawling mechanics i thought really brought another dimension of the game for me um so i know there's a, like a lot of memes out there that are like oh they introduced the uh the jump button 10 out of 10, you know, all this other <laughs> stuff. I will give credit where it's due, and that is hilarious to say. But, oh, it's um, fantastic. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, jumping in video games, especially for, well, jumping in The Last of Us has never felt right. And after they mm, made after they made Uncharted, especially Uncharted 4, where, like, the jumping mechanics and the climbing mechanics are really, like, fleshed out really well, I thought they were going to learn their, you know, I thought they were just going to do better, I guess. Yeah. It is awkward uh, jumping into places. There were times where I, I would literally, I just didn't make the jump at all, which was just same. It was kind of annoying. But and if, anyway. I didn't, if I was playing with Abby and didn't make the jump, it would always be funny. Well, that that kind of just leads us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, are you scared of heights, Abby? <laughs> Here we go. Down you go. <laughs> Calabunga. Um, so that I mean, I guess that leads in perfectly what to uh, what we didn't like. How about I will leave that off? Okay. Okay. Uh, character progressions. I would say Do that. Tell. Wow, I'm really getting into the weeds. Do tell. Yeah, you know, I don't know I, specifically when I say that. I'm really thinking of one person, uh, Ellie. I don't like her progression at all. That's probably my hardest critique about this game is that it. You know, Neil talked about early on. Uh, that this game, The Last of Us, is very much about Joel and Ellie. And when I think about that, when I think about that phrase and that statement, it just makes me very mad after playing The Last of Us Part Two because I'm just like, wow, Flush man. Well, it's just like for me, like you played like 15 hours where you didn't even see Ellie at one uh, at all, you mm-hmm. know, and then you finish off Joel pretty early on in the sh- in the in the game. And I get that you're uh, doing some flashbacks and everything with Joel, and you're interacting, and you're getting some more contextualization about his character. But ultimately, uh, I just don't like her character progression. Now, that's a writing 
direction that they decided to go, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and I would overall say there is some coherence to her development in a way of grief, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I just, I, I mean, before... She swung pretty hard in that direction. Yeah, even before Joel, you know, dies. She's just not a very, like, you know, when you're just touring, well, you're not touring, but you're... You're scouting with Dina, yeah. and it's just like nothing is. And you could point to a lot of things. You could be like, "Well, you know, she's she's nervous around Dina and all this other stuff." But man, we really lost uh, the special character of Ellie that I miss a lot. But that's just something that I just didn't like. And it, that's a writing direction. It's fine. I, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, um, pacing issues. Uh, they were a real issue, <laughs> in my opinion. This is a okay. long game that I do not think needs to be this long. I, you could probably edit this game down to, you could probably chop off ten hours of this game, I think, and you wouldn't have lost anything. Mm. Um, but that also comes down to how it's structured. You and me have opinions on that as well. Yeah. Um, shout out to a good critique, long critique, and I don't necessarily agree with everything, but. Yeah. Um, oh, what is it called? How to divide a fan base? Yeah, and I can't remember the guy. Script apart? No, no, it's, it's not, not script, script apart. apart. That's a podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it's called now. You can just keep talking. I'll yeah. think if I can think. Yeah, of it. <laughs> uh, really good critique. I, I again, I don't really agree with a lot of his points. And then I, I, I admire that he gives an alternative. The closer uh, look. The closer look. Ah, there we. I admire that he gives an alternative. Um kind of a story beat of how he would have written it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it seems, um, and maybe it's a create, it, it's definitely creative, no doubt about it. But for me, it, it's like a, it's a pride issue on his part. Mm. That's how it came off for me. But we're not here to talk about that. Wow. Anyway, pacing issues, yeah, just especially on Abby's end. I thought it was really long. I mean, it is very long. In fact, Seattle day one is super long. And then Seattle day three is super short. I mean, Depending on how fast, if you don't die a lot on the island, man, you're done with that. You're done with that day really quick. Yeah, that's true. Um, so just a, just some, you know, pacing issues. This might be controversial, but uh, Abby sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? I just, about? you know, I don't like her character at all. I was never convinced by her character. And that's really all I'm going to say. Well, we DT could talk more going about after it. everyone. I know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't Usually think, I'm the negative one. I didn't think I was going to be this like uh, <laughs> this hard. Brother. Last thing I would have to say is there's no memorable and amazing supporting cast. And that really bums me out thinking about part or, you know, the first game yeah. with like Henry, Sam, Tess. I mean, you can just go Bill. Bill. I mean, you can go down the line and just go yeah. every character. Yeah, you love them all immediately. Every character in that universe just made sense. They all played a really tight progression, and I don't like anybody except for Jesse. Uh, and of hmm. course, the one guy that I liked gets killed. So, spoiler Face. alert. Yeah. So anyway, that's just my my critiques. Yeah, I don't think I have a problem with any of those. Um, I don't want to jump too hard on the uh, hating Last of Us Part Two bandwagon with this. Oh sure, but no. the trailer really threw me for a loop. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, which one? Uh, I mean, the one where... The first one? I think so, where... What are you doing, Gitto? Ex- you really going to go through with Oh, this? that was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, they set me up a little bit there, but I was seeing comments that was saying, like, 
maybe Joel's a ghost here. Yeah, yeah. Or, or and not. that's bullcrap, you know, because I'm just like, this is The Last of Us. Yeah, exactly. But whoa, how 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 would they do that? But when the second trailer come out and Ellie's sneaking around, someone grabs her from behind. What are you doing here? And it's Joel. I now. I'll, I'll say this. I like Jesse. I like him a lot. Yeah. Some people don't. Like, I really enjoyed Jesse. I enjoyed cutscenes with him, listening to him, playing alongside him. But when I turned around and saw Jesse, I was so depressed. I mean, my shoulders were literally slumped over, and I was like, oh, him? <laughs> but you had to have. Oh, I me, mean, yeah. Like, I didn't like know. Like, when you're playing the game, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know who I was expecting. Like, Joel's clearly dead. So that's not going to happen. And it makes sense it would be Jesse. But maybe I was hoping it would be Tommy or something a little closer to home from the first game. I don't know. But I just, uh, I don't know. I was with Ellie on that. I was like, oh, you. Okay, then. And then to talk about your your pacing issues with the game, and I I did get this idea from a, the closer look. I just think it might have felt like less of a drag playing Abby with time if they had somehow just switched back and forth between Ellie and Abby a little more frequently. Yep. So you're talking about the apex of the plot. And yeah. How yeah. You build up you to Seattle build. day three and then you have to rebuild up to it. And I think you it's really not much of a build up. It just, you're dreading it. Yeah. You know, almost. Yeah. It's you know, not what, really a build up. It's just like, you, oh. you know what's happening and you know, you're on for me anyway. I know I'm on the side. I don't want to be on now. We'll kind of, That'll touch on some things we talk about later. Sure. But I was like, I'm about to walk into this theater and be freaking Abby. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and that's why every so often, like, I would just get mad and like just get her killed. <laughs> I saw like YouTube videos of people doing the same thing, but we're all just horribly uh, conceited people, I guess. You're a terrible person. I know. But, and then some of the character inconsistencies in it. Eh, hmm. Joel in the beginning, and I get it. He's been living in years with his community. He can let his guard down a little bit. He doesn't have to be as on edge. But my problem with that is anytime you see him in a flashback, it seems to suggest that he's staying as sharp and as cautious as ever. Put your mask on when no one's around. I don't care that no one's around. Someone's eventually going to be around and you're going to slip up. Like He seems like same old Joel to me, but then the argument there is he just walked into a room full of people he didn't know, hands in his pocket, and he's like, hey, I'm Joel. Welcome to Jackson. This is cool. Oh, well, to be fair, Tommy's the one that did that, right? I mean, I he set it up. He, but still, he just walked in. With, okay, finally. Well, speaking of Tommy, I just don't understand what happened to Tommy in this game. It is, it's, it's very interesting. You know, I, I played that scene this morning. Okay. Um, and it is shocking. It I, just, I don't know what to do with it. It is shocking. Like you start the game, like Tommy starts off, and he, he's going to go for Joel, and he tries to trick Ellie out of it so she doesn't endanger herself. You catch up with him, some blood's been shed, and he's like, well, we, we can go home. We got to get Dina home. Is that okay? Are you okay that Abby is going to live? And Ellie's like, yeah, yeah, it's got to be. And so then one butt-kicking by Abby later, and Tommy's kind of left crippled in one leg, and he's, uh, I think he's got some facial problems where he took a bullet to the face, and now he's just completely bent on, like, taking Abby. Into, like, he's sacrificing his marriage. He's sacrificing his relationship in a way with Ellie and Dina, like, he's just so freaked out by it. I was like, oh, I, that was just a weird left turn for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. And, like, it's almost disrespectful of what he says to Dina, you know, at the very end when Dina's like, can you hold the baby for a second? She goes out on the porch, and she's, like, talking, and she's like, what was that, you know? Yeah. And he is 
he, he didn't hold brutal. back. Brutal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting, and not only that, but like for him to say something like that, uh, bring it up and say you promised, you know, and yeah. then for you to say where she's at, and then goes, well, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, if you can't do it, then you got a problem. You know what? Make I don't know. Anyway, you must not want to. Yeah, that that was, that's probably one of the more depressing outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so. then uh, my last little bit, and we don't have to talk on it very long, is just I think Jerry and Marlene are stupid, <laughs> and it's their fault that all of this has happened. Who's just being, let Joel talk to Ellie, and it's going to be fine. Who's being really negative right now? <laughs> I, <clears throat> anyway, yeah. but I did like the game. Okay, that's what we liked and what we didn't like. We good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Good. Uh, all right, let's just get into it. This is what we're here for, to discuss the worldviews of The Last of Us. So we got three, like usual. We're good Baptists around here, and uh, we'll just kind of feed off of it. Just go from there. Sound good? Yeah. All right, let's, let's talk about the first one. Let's uh, talk about grief. trying to reconcile that but they really want you to sit in grief and what it feels like to be ellie excuse me so when we said earlier you know joel's death is so brutal and like there's no dignity in it whatsoever he doesn't get to take anyone down with him there's nothing cool about it he gets his leg blown apart and he gets beat to death with a golf club and you're like what just happened and so throughout the whole game you're really with ellie yeah i mean it is shocking right uh, like I, I just remember I was like, no, this cannot happen. Yeah, Th- I mean, it, and um, yeah, it kind of reminds you like it's a bigger worldview thought and realization that tomorrow isn't promised, and you're not immortal. Sure. And I actually appreciate that on some level, uh, with a video game. Yeah, I think so. Because I think that's a, I think it's a normal trope that these are the main <clears throat> characters, these are the big players yeah and uh they don't die and well it was, it was very they, interesting they ned stark joel really quickly from the <laughs> yeah and i think it i think it's another thing um like people call this game depressing just in the same way you watch different movies with different tones like i think video games can have different tones and that's fine yeah i mean who cares yeah, if if people are gonna say that naughty dog is depressing and that all they do is write depressing things Play the play Uncharted Four. Yeah, seriously though. And shut up. It's, it's <laughs> summertime. I'm going to go play Uncharted Four like next week. Come on, crack open a Mountain Dew and just play <laughs> Uncharted Four. You'll have a good time. Yeah. I mean, watch girlfriend reviews. It was one of her most exciting games that she watched her boyfriend play. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But grief. I mean, let let's flesh it out a little bit. Uh, obviously, with Joel having such a trauma traumatizing death. Mm-hmm. Um. We, as the gamer, get to experience, like, Ellie's shoes. Like, we get to walk in those. Yeah, we're just as helpless as Ellie to watch it. Yeah, and it's sad. They did a really good job of making me, you know, you're definitely playing as Ellie, and you go, oh, Ellie would have, you know, she's probably thinking about this, but then you as the player, you're like, oh, you know, that's Sarah's watch, you know, and all this other stuff. And, and, um, man, it just stinks. You and her are on the same page right there. Yeah. 
you know, of just this, you're, you're both grieving. I mean, I just remember walking through that snow the first time, seeing all the flowers and walking through Joel's house was gut wrenching. It was just unbelievable. Right. And, um, the pictures he has of his daughters. Yeah. Next. Oh, she's like smelling his coat. I think that was the thing that hit me hardest when she smelled his coat. Hurts me, you know, and then she's looking at all the guitars and then even the guitar. Oh, just so sad. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a daughter one day. They'll miss me. <laughs> but it's funny. You like you watch The Office and you're like, ooh, Jim and Pam relationship goals. Sometimes I'm like, Joel and Ellie from the last was part one anyway. I'm like, that's a that's a father-daughter relationship goal in a big way. And then Naughty Dog rips it away from you. <laughs> that's right. So we, you know, we get to see grief not only in just Ellie's, but also in Abby's. But we're seeing how grief is, you know, kind of transforming is that what we would say maybe? yeah i think you get to watch it transform them emotionally but also physically mm-hmm. um and you clearly sit i keep saying sit in grief um you clearly experience ellie's grief longer term and they have you you know they have you grieving with ellie more but abby at the start of things chronologically she's just some 14 year old kid she's lost her dad to some to her psychopath who just came and shot down all these fireflies because he didn't want humanity to find a cure or he's some kind of monster. And then flashback to present day Abby and like, she's, she's just a beast. Like I think about Abby every time I go to the gym, <laughs> I'm like, pushed 185 when you're a little pushed kid. Pushed 185 today. <laughs> Whoa, you are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Hand me that burrito. <laughs> But I mean, but seriously, we watched grief transform them in a big way. Mm -hmm. And you definitely, I mean, with Ellie, like she becomes more mentally marginalized throughout the game. Like she's really razor sharp at the beginning. Like this is what we're going to do. And as you progress and as she's killing more people and getting closer to Abby, like she just comes a little bit more and more unscrewed, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's her. So grief is obviously informing decisions for these two individuals and everybody else. I mean, you could put Tommy in there, right? Um, You can put in all of Abby's friends that helped her go get Joel. I mean, they are grieving with a friend, which is interesting in of itself. But um, Well, and Dina and Jesse and them are grieving with Ellie about Joel. Yeah, and then the different types of grief. I mean, you would look at Dina and go, well, you know, in Ellie's journal, she talks about how how does Dina talk about Jesse all the time? Yeah. I can barely say anything about Joel and she's Mm. telling me that I need to speak it out and get it out of my system, but I just, I just can't. But yeah, I mean, you're for, for Ellie, it informs this decision of revenge. I'm not jumping there yet. Hold on. You know, I'll get there. That's going to be our other topic, but, uh, you know, it, it obviously informs a decision, but that grief leads her down that path. Mm -hmm. But then it just, instead of the the load getting lighter it only just gets heavier because of what yeah, she's doing sure um and so i think you made a good point about grief is leading these two people under in two different directions right grief is uh actually pumping up abby you know where she is yeah she uses just, it constructively she's preparing for re- revenge I'm, I'm, for, I promise you I'm not getting for there the, uh, <laughs> but she the, you know her Olympics. grief is leading her to actually like prepare physically yeah. uh, and then Ellie's grief is causing her to not eat and become frail and 
Yeah, she gets like it's very throughout sad. the game. She gets even skinnier, or even as she's going through um, Seattle, you know, like after she's got her encounter with Nora and her hands shaking, she's all bruised and battered all over, and like physically, you're seeing what has to be going on on the inside. Like she's just barely holding it together. She's terrified of losing Dina because she knows like this is just the only thing that matters to her right now. Yeah, I would ultimately probably argue that what's uh, happening on the inside is actually reflected on the outside after yeah. all of her bruisings and just yeah. what it's leading. It, it It's showing, you know, we don't have to be like, all right, let me open up Ellie and just see what she looks like uh, on the inside. We actually mm. know because of just how she yeah, looks on good. the outside. So, um, whereas, and it, it's definitely more an emotional, um, sad type of, you know, vibe <laughs> for Ellie. I mean, she yeah. is writing poems. She's, She's creative and she's an artist and she's a poet in that area. So for her, her feelings and her grief is like directed towards the art. She doesn't really know what to do. She picks up a guitar and starts playing. And let me, let me tell you, I I told you I didn't really like her progression at all, but as somebody that I love music, love playing uh, guitar. And then I, I like listening to sad music every now and then, (laughs) honestly, I, I really did like, I related to Ellie on a lot of levels on that. Yeah. Um, and it just, it seems like at the very end of the game when she's with Dina, she's really concentrating that grief in the artistic side. And I bet there's, ama- I mean, some of her drawings and like the mm-hmm. songs and everything, it was probably amazing. But if you're not able to contain it and if you're not, you know, able to really like talk about it or just, yeah, yeah, you they- can see where it just, it'll linger and, yeah, and you alluded to this earlier, but we do get to watch different characters process their grief. Mm-hmm. And so Ellie's, yeah, I mean, like you're saying now, she she turns to arts. Like one of the pictures that jumped out to me the most, like she draws Joel, but she crosses over his eyes. And I don't know if that's just representing like him as being dead or like her not being able to like face him or... It's good. Like I, I don't know what, I don't really know. I don't even know if I know what you're talking about, but... I think I I'm pretty sure it's in there. I think um, it's in the journal at the very end. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. Um but then, you know, she's so confused as to how people can talk about it. And like she's clearly processing grief, but she's processing it all on her own. Whereas Dina's talking about Jesse, she talks about it with with Ellie. I'm sure she's talking about it with Jesse's parents. Um even Abby at the end of the game, she's like writing letters to Owen. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and she, but she's also processing her grief with Lev mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm sure. And so you just see how, if you really want to handle these feelings, not as not handles and making them go the way, but handle them as in exploring what's there and how to heal through them. Like mm-hmm. you really, this, I think this game does a good job pointing that unique community for that. Yeah. And I would also just say that, um, I'm thankful that they don't jump into maybe, a trope that says, you know, grief is easy to kind of get over, you know, it's a complicated relationship between her and her and Joel. I mean, good gosh, they've known each other five years, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, five years, right? Yeah. So maybe even six. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But, um, oh, that's right. Because it's five years, right? So six, about six years. Um, so that's not really uh, in, in hindsight, that's not a lot of time. And then for you guys to bond and make this, uh, you know, you're crossing over the entire country to get somewhere to, you know, 
find a cure, then that doesn't work out. And everything's yeah. just kind of based upon a lie. Anyway, it's a complicated thing. So like I can imagine if it's a complicated relationship that just ultimately gets ended very quickly, then it's going to be a complicated grieving process. No doubt about it. Sure. And um, so even though if like um, we could say Owen and Abby ended on a pretty – you know, bad note, not the greatest note, which their, <laughs> yeah. their relationship in general. I'm just kind of like, what is happening? You know, like I feel bad for Owen, honestly, mostly because he just, he's just getting ditched. And then mostly because he's go, yeah. he's going after her. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Like he's, he's, he's leaving Mel and his baby for Abby. I'm like, Oh, well, maybe he's planning on having the baby. It, and you know, I feel bad because I'm not really even thinking about that. Um, and, but I, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, so yeah, maybe that that's what I would just say about the grieving process. Yeah. You know, but Ellie's grieving process is definitely to funnel it into obsession. Like that's clearly what she's just yep. focused on. Throughout Abby, the entire Abby, game. Abby. That, I don't know why, but that just really jumped out at me at the very end of the game. Like Ellie's bleeding from the side. You've been fighting rattlers. Like she's on her last legs. And as she's struggling forward, she's just Abby. Abby, 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 Abby. I was like, whoa. I was like, that that to me was pretty powerful. Yeah, the last, the last, you know, after. That last stretch is powerful. It is, it is. And I would actually say like the even uh, when, when uh, Abby and Ellie first fight, you know, the very, and then, then they go into like their lives. So Abby goes on with Lev and Ellie goes with Dina. But uh, I felt like that whole entire part was just really emotional that last the last like five hours of the game and it kind of drags again we could probably say pacing issues there too but really emotional type of thing yeah so, but yeah you see this um obsession uh w- because it's 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 a grief type of thing um would we argue the same thing for abby though on grief and her obsession of finding the fireflies or um might you, I th- maybe i mean it was owens i think um I think originally in the game with Abby focused on Joel, you very much could say obsession is driving her. Because, mm. I mean, that's her and Owen, you Good know, point. They're, they're an actual thing early on. And you see that in some, but she, she can't handle leaving. She can't, she can't drop the lead, right? It's a lead. She's got to follow it through. She's got to chase Joel down if, yeah. if she can. But then, yeah, later, I think finding, finding the fireflies because Owen wanted to, it doesn't feel like such a raw obsession to me. I think it's more of just a way to honor him and she can take next steps that he wanted to take. And that's how she's moving on. Yeah. It maybe. seems like she never, you know, besides being Isaac's top dog, you know, killing everybody. Yeah. It seems like she never really found a home with the WLF to a certain extent. She sure. had a group of people, but she, she had the Salt Lake crew. Yeah. But, so, sounds but she like the fireflies. Herself from yeah. Them. yeah. Sounds Which like is a- funny. Cause at one point she's like, if I saw fireflies, I'd go the other way. And like here she is, like almost crying at the end because she thinks she's found him. Yeah. Again, that community aspect is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And also, I mean, there's an inconsistency right there, I guess, too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, are we done with that, or like? You yeah. Think we think need to add some more. No, I think it, I'm. Again, that the this is one of the major things we felt that I want to set up with is grief and trauma. Um, yeah, traumas are very big. You know, even um, Hallie Gross, she's one of the co-writers. She really wanted to kind of explore some PTSD mm. um, uh, themes. Let's see that. 
and you, you you do see it, especially towards the end of the game when uh, you know Ellie is uh, you're hurting the sheep, which I hate so much. Really? Yeah. It, Were you not good at it? No, I'm I'm okay with it. It just reminds me of Red Dead Redemption, and I hated it so much when you got to do it in that game. <laughs> oh. Um. So, but you know that moment where I was like crying during that moment, man. Oh, when Ellie's like having her her breakdown. Yeah, there. when she's having her panic attack. And yeah. I was crying, man. I, I just felt terrible for her. Really, I just to make a, a you know a shovel drops, and then it just reminds her of mm. that. And you read in her journal that she heard a um, a hog squeal, and it yeah. reminded her of Joel. I mean, that that stinks. And I I think um, yeah, you see the trauma, you see p- PTSD even. And uh, I, I thought it was very powerful, you know, mm. and um, made me have some sympathy for the characters, too. So, yeah. Yeah. So what happens when you're grieving and traumatized by people in a post-apocalyptic world? It leads you to do some unimaginable things. <laughs> and you go get you some revenge. <laughs> what is The Last of Us Part Two all about? Vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> Oh, man, thank God it's not Christmas. All right. Vengeance. Yeah. I mean, this is easily... You can look at the actual um, game like case, and you would know. Of course this is what it's about. I mean, yeah. uh, I remember... When they first showed that first teaser trailer mm-hmm. of Joel walking in, what are you doing, kiddo? Yeah. And I'm um, gonna find, I'm gonna kill everyone. every last one of them. <laughs> if I watch that thing two dozen times, <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, you know, they got uh, Neil Druckmann to come up, and he was like, "Well, you know, the first game, it was, it was the theme was love. This one, it's gonna be, you know, revenge and violence. I think that's what he said." Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it was something along those lines. So you can look at the game case and go, I know exactly what this is going to be, you yeah. know? And uh, we're all just really stupid, you know, to not understand that uh, it, Joel was going to be the one to die. Yeah. Not some weird girl that Ellie's yeah, kissing. Well, watching that trailer, I was like, oh, I guess uh, I guess this Dina chick's going to get killed and Joel's going to help you get her. I was like, oh, I'm down for another another team up. And I'm I'm just as stupid as everyone else. It was funny though. Throughout playing the entire Last of Us one, I can't remember what you said to me early on when I started playing it. But I was like, I think Joel dies in this game, and I'm going to have to like go avenge him. And I like I was ready for that the entire game, and especially I, when he falls off the stairs. Especially when he falls off the stairs, yeah. I was like this is it. It's happening. And then it never does. And then I play this game, and, it, <laughs> and I just get wrecked by it. You just get stomped. By yeah, it. hit with a. Uh, Golf club, someone say. If you will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Dude, uh, so when we were talking about things we liked early on, um, Gustavo Centelaglia, if I'm getting that name right, comes back and does music for this. That really intense, hard-beating song that comes up, you know, when you're Eye for an eye. Eye for an eye. Yeah. Like I, that, that captures it really well. Yeah, someone else helped him per, uh, do the music on really? some tracks, and I think that's someone different. Could okay. be wrong okay, about okay. that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little more... Um, how would you say it? it's a little more synth and like really low? Yeah, it's not oil. Spanish it's, guitar. It, <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be awesome if you 
<laughs> beat someone to death with an iron to Spanish guitar. I don't even know what, what Quentin Tarantino did. But it's else. very appropriate for the tone yeah. of this game. Um, so yeah, even the atmosphere and everything, you ride that line of grief, but then vengeance comes in really quick. Yeah. You know when something's kind of emotional, and then you know when something's like, oh yeah. my gosh, crap is about to hit the fan, right? Sure. But the crazy thing is like, so it's clearly about revenge, but characters keep making references to justice throughout the game. Sure. Like I, I even think of Abby convincing one like, who's not more about justice than Isaac? Mm. Like, oh, Isaac, that guy that tortures everyone. Got it. Sure. <laughs> But I mean, they just—they seem to be holding on to this ideal of of um, something was something is wrong, something wrong has happened. I've been wronged, and I need to make that right. And then they hop on the vengeance train, and they just drive that thing way over the line. And now the other group of people says like, "Hey, I've been wrong now. I've got to go get my revenge." And you just sure. see it going back and forth, and it just keeps building and escalating throughout like the entire game. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we can we could probably identify with that. Sure. I mean, why do we have wars happen in our world, and why do people? Why, why do I cut someone off in traffic who just cut me off? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, but it's interesting. I don't think anybody uses the word revenge in this in this game. I could be wrong, but I mean, you don't. You hear justice a lot, but yeah. you don't hear about vengeance or you know revenge or anything like that. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because it's just kind of assumed. If you're gonna kill somebody, in this world. And it means uh, that person means a lot to me, and let, and maybe it's just this aspect where it's like, well, not a lot of people. There might, I don't know, uh, how many colonies are there? How many Jacksons are there? Mm-hmm. You know, how many WLFs? Sure. There might be a lot, um, but if you're gonna kill somebody that means a lot to me in this type of world, yeah, I mean, the, uh, why? Hey, like why one thing that I why didn't understand you? is Abby was Abby like when she first. Uh, uh, pushes Tommy off into the water. Oh, you know, yeah. during that one scene, she looks like devastated and very scared. She knew exactly who that was, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, why? Why are you, why are you like really surprised by that? Yeah. You did a horrendous thing and you didn't kill those two people. Yeah. Exactly. That's what's going to happen in this <clears throat> world. So yeah, it's, but, but they define it. That that's like, it's not really vengeance necessarily. It's just like, we, we can identify that from a third part, like a viewing the game. Yeah. But it seems like justice is what they're really after. And everything is like, it's okay that they're doing this. Yeah. It's almost like people respect that. Yeah, I think so. And, and even, you know, Dina challenges Ellie sure. throughout the game. Because yep. Ellie keeps making references to how mad she's going to be if the infected kill Abby or someone We're else. going to make them talk. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, Ellie's got all kinds of plans going on. But when she's particularly complaining, like, if Infected gets them and Dina's like, well, they'd still be dead. I don't know if that's justice. Yeah. And, you know, Ellie Ellie thinks it, it would just be, it would be a, a bad thing for them to die by some other way. But to Dina, it's like, hey, life for a life. They kill Joel and they die. Like, then we get, we get justice for that. Um yeah, and like again, that's the blindness. If we're going back to grief too, that's the blindness of what that's doing, right? Yeah. It's like, well, in order for me to get better, I would, I'm gonna have to use my own hands, yeah, to take a life, and that's gonna make everything better. But that just makes everything worse. It does, so. and I think you. I mean, Abby shows this really well because you can you can make a case. A lot of people think Naughty Dog is condemning Joel and Ellie as just bad people now, but you can make a case for. Abby having an issue with Joel kills her dad, wrecks chances for a cure. Which, by the way, I don't think Abby really cares so much about the cure. I think it's like an afterthought to her. 
like if she's rallying people, like he ruined the chance for the cure. Like we gotta go get him. But that was never explained. Or that was never said, right? I know it was never. Okay. It wasn't yeah, ever I, said. But I just I got the feeling from how that group interacted that that's a lot of people's motivation in it. <clears throat> okay, that's a good point. Maybe. Definitely seems like Ellie. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Right. She's like, I'm the one you want. It's yeah. Like, I mean, where did that come from? Ellie thinks it's very much about the cure, but I think Abby's just mad that her dad died. So what would be the fair thing there? Kill the guy who killed her dad? Sure. Sure. But Allie's, I mean, Allie, Abby's not satisfied with that. Like she has to beat homeboy to death with a golf club and clearly goes too far. And so now she's gone past this point of paying a life for a life. Like she's incurred debt on herself in a way by making someone suffer. And now Ellie's like, oh. Oh, we're doing that game now. Yeah, and you can see, I mean, man, here's the thing. Like, you and me have so many umbrellas right now, but um, with just, like, our themes, because a lot of things can go under those. But, like, yeah. you see how it affects, uh, vengeance affects people. Um, think about Owen. Think about Mel for Abby, right? Yeah. Like, the, the things that she did out of justice, if you want to put those in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are they're marked by it and they're affected by it. In fact, Owen's never the same after it. Yeah. He's trying true. to fix that boat and he's trying to get out of there now. Sure. He can't kill <laughs> a scar. And Mel, <laughs> she just she knows how to conclude uh and give a summary of who Abby is and just says, You're a piece of crap. Yeah. You always have been. <laughs> and I was able to re- yeah. And I was always <laughs> able to like you know, I always thought you were, but you definitely imprinted your nature by what you did to Joel. Mm, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting because Mel says earlier in the game, like, oh, I think he deserves worse than that. I just don't want, I just don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. I was like, then, like, why, then why'd you go? Because <laughs> Owen's there. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But you see, like, it's interesting because Ellie and Abby are grieving. They have people coming around them. But the more obsessed, to keep using all of our terms, that they get on the vengeance, the more they end up pushing people away. And so vengeance, I agree with that. I like agree vengeance that. has a very deteriorating effect, not just on the person's mental and physical state, but like on relationships, like kind of on everything around them. Like it's just poisonous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of shocking how quickly Abby drops all of her friends. Yeah, that's true. You murdered my friends. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they're... There are moments where it's like, um, uh, who's the doctor? Uh, Nora. I don't think mm. Abby knows that Nora died. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and then, um, what's his name? <clears throat> when that spits on Joel, your favorite guy? Oh, Manny. Manny. I mean, Manny, Manny just Manny. gets shot really quick. Yeah, he gets uh, blown away by Tommy, which Leia, I approve you, of. Leia, you don't see. Um, I don't think Abby knows Leia's dead. I could be wrong. Um, no, because she sees all these people in the hospital afterwards. So it's really just Owen and Mel. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you really didn't care. I mean, you would run into Mel, uh, Manny. You lied to him about it, or you didn't tell him what's going on. You yeah. had Lev with you. Nora, you did the same thing. You didn't say anything. Yeah. You know? Ultimately, it makes you go, well, were they friends in the first place? But yeah, I mean, pushes away. But then you think about uh, Abby's like struggling with this, like, Vengeance? No, well, not really vengeance anymore, but she's just trying to do the right thing, quotes. Mm. <laughs> okay? And she gains people by doing that. Yeah, And then you look true. at Abby's little, or Ellie's situation, and you see how her people are like, they're really trying to come around her and love her and walk, walk with her through this. Mm-hmm. And she is just pushing them away. Yeah. 
And it, it you know, honestly, I, I, I did, I cried even when she left Dina, you know, I, and to be clear, I don't support any of that relationship <laughs> or anything, but gospel can, parallels coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I can look at that situation and go that, I mean, Dina, on oh, that's a more human, of a challenges. Sorry. Yeah. I keep derailing. I know. Right. <laughs> on a human level though, you and me could identify with that and be like that. That sucks. That Dina went through all of that mm. and this grief and this vengeance and this obsession is just like manipulating who Ellie is. Yeah. And is ultimately affecting more than just her. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Dina even has that moment where she's like, afterwards when they're in the house together, she's like, this hasn't been easy on me either. Yeah, you think this is easy? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and Dina's Dina's really fighting for them. But like that vengeance aspect is making Ellie just fight for herself. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so as, I don't know, you know, as we talk about justice, I, I would just like to do a quick little touch over to like forgiveness even though I don't know how much forgiveness really happens in this game but towards the end of it you see Ellie um, she's thinking back on her last moments really with Joel in her last moments with Abby as she's experiencing them and you just see this vengeance start to give way a little bit mm-hmm. like she's clearly angry with Joel throughout a lot of the flashbacks and a lot of the moments for the fact that he took that decision away from her to, to help with the cure or not. And it ends with her, you know, I don't know if I can forgive you for that. What you did was unforgivable. Yeah. But I'm willing to try. But I'm willing to try. And the best thing there is Joel essentially looks at her and is like, uh, I'd do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he knows how much that means to Ellie. And like, he's showing clearly how he values Ellie. Back up, back up. Okay. If the good Lord, if the good Lord, if the good Lord ever (laughs) gave me, but yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. But I mean, that that's a good point. Like he's saying, if I had it all to do over again, I'd do it the exact same way. And I kind of, maybe I imagined it, but Ellie just seemed to have a weird look on her face this then. Like, oh, well, okay. Screw me, I guess. <laughs> like, But as she, but then she's remembering that with Abby. And so I don't think, I looked up a lot of stuff on this just to see what people had to say. And I don't think Ellie forgives Abby, but I think she takes one Correct. little step towards it. Yeah. Um, one I think little so. step towards it and just letting her go. What Abby did was unforgivable, but she's willing to try. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, again, you and me could get into some really, we, we kind of did. We went into some in-depth conversations about what forgiveness actually entails, right? Because mm. I definitely do think that forgiveness would be a theme for a lot of people. I mean, mm, that, probably. That, that's a huge, for in my opinion, if we're looking at the apex of yeah. like the plot at the end, that one's a huge one. I mean, you're you're like choking Abby under the water. Yeah, you got it. One, you're having this emotional conversation. It's a very odd, you know, sort of thing. But yeah, um, yeah I, like so, you could make the argument for forgiveness, but I just don't see it as clear cut as that. I don't think by, I would say this, I I, I don't think Ellie sparing Abby is forgiveness, but I think it is justice. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. How do you like that? I mean, I, I do, man. Like for me, I just I, I feel like Ellie has understood that like this ain't worth it for me. Mm. It's just not worth it, you know. Yeah. And how I took the second time of watching that scene, if I could, if the good Lord gave me another opportunity, I'd do it all over again. You know what that says to me? I took it as. Because Ellie's just making this argument. You took 
you took everything away from me. You mm-hmm. took my meaning of life away from me. And I, for Joel to say something like that, I'm hearing your life matters way more than just that. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I, that's beautiful in yeah. my opinion. I Joel, just, oh. Yeah, because I think what he's saying there is like, it doesn't matter whether or not you could contribute to a cure. Like, you're Ellie and that's enough for me. Yeah. Mm. I'd do it all over again. Sure. And you know what? I, I, I'm willing to exert patience for you to come back to me and for us to be at a, a place where we're stable again. Yeah. Even if it takes years, I'm here. Dude, that, yeah, that's, that's huge, man. Yeah, and I mean, and Joel will literally sacrifice anything for Ellie, including his own relationship to Ellie. Like, mm. That's how much he values her. Yeah. And so, you know, coming out of, I think that's that's a big motivator for Ellie at the end there. When she's looking back on this incredible relationship she had that was just broken, what looked like beyond repair, and how like, well, I could give that a chance. So it's like she's looking down on this person that, she, you know, means nothing to her. But yet thinking of the wounds she got from Joel, and but yet there was just still this humanity to it. And I think she looks down and she sees and recognizes like Abby is in a similar spot of like mm. this humanness and this pain. And she's trying to work this out herself. And she's taken on someone. There she's taken on Lev the there same way Joel took on Ellie. Yep. So I think if, if Abby didn't have Lev, I think uh, Ellie would have killed Abby there. Mm. No doubt about it. I, I think so. And I know that might trump my justice part. Uh-huh. You know, that's just my own kind of personal. Yeah. I, I I think it was justice that she spared. That's my own personal interpretation and my own thing. But it's just hot enough of a take for me to agree with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, props to Naughty Dog on that scene. I I'll be completely honest with you. Remember, I said I don't like Abby. Uh, I I was dreading that entire scene so badly when I first let Abby down. I just mm. could not believe it. And for her to just immediately get freed and then pick up Lev, it rocked me, man. I mean, it really did. And I, you, you're in this context where you're just, you look at, you're, you're controlling Ellie and you're going, nah, this ain't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't it, man. This is not it. If this is justice, that that's, that's messed up. Yeah. I mean, really, if this, sure. if, if justice is me killing this person on their last fumes while they're caring for somebody else nah dude nah that's just messed up so Mm. props for for them to do that i mean i hate that they have to be in a situation like that um but uh yeah i and like for me i just go if if ellie's life is means more than just laying it down for the sake of humanity for uh, again my biggest thing about this whole whole last of us universe is that we don't know if a cure can actually get made right but if you're willing, and I think it's irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, but if you know, if Joel is telling you your your life means more than that, then it means. For me, I'm just like, okay, she sees how a guy is actually saying no to himself and trying to take on somebody else's life and care mm. for them. Well, it starts by sparing, you know, people that are in poverty essentially right now people that are defenseless pretty much and people that are just people in general, I think. So if a cure is not going to get made now, how can a cure get made through our actions? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's an interesting take on it. Yep. Um, so I guess one last thing to just round out the whole vengeance angle. 
Naughty Dog really wants you to have a violent time in this game. It does. And it, and it's not from this place of like God of War violence is fun thing. Like they want you to wince along with it. Um like naming dogs is just mean. <laughs> Alice. Yeah, Alice or you know, Bear. And then later on you're throwing Bear a ball and I'm just like, "Bear, oh, where?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I'm just like, "Oh, boy. By the way, I accidentally threw Bear's ball away." The second I was trying to bounce it off some bleachers and it just got You're, stuck. You really are a menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always get. I'm such a terrible person when I play video games. You're not supposed to become like Abby. Just I know. So you know. Well, and then again, how you just you kill people and it's not just like there's someone out there, which they say occasionally, but they always say that person's name. I mean, they they want you. Yes. Yeah. 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 They want you to Tim. realize, you know, you're taking human life. Yeah. In this, and and I think that was a. That's a cool new perspective for Naughty Dog to take. It's an impressive system, I'll say that. I mean, yeah. how do you how, how do you develop that? You know, like again, good job. Like, there's a lot of things that we can praise this game about. That was fantastic. But yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and it, it does suck killing all the type of people. But this is a grounded universe, and we talked about this. You don't have to do that. Yeah, you do not have to do that. And the biggest thing that I would argue, I mean, you've talked about this, but um, almost every cutscene that happens, you know, you you might have this big open area and there's a lot of enemies, mm -hmm. but almost every time that you have to get through a door or something, there's a cutscene about how, like, when you get through that, they barricade it. Yeah, so there's implications that they're trying not to let anybody else in, and that means you spared a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you were playing on grounded mode. You would probably definitely need to do that. You don't have enough weapons. You don't have enough ammo. Sure. Unless you're like CJ over here and you just turn on infinite <laughs> ammo and just do whatever you want to. I, I did it. I did it just to get through the game quickly enough so I could look at themes. This Fake gamer boy. <laughs> the rat king. <laughs> the rat king did not know what he had when he caught <laughs> No, I did turn that on. I For did. him. I did. Dude, he come busting through there. And I was and I just him I, I just cocked my shotgun. <laughs> I said, "Come on, see, I was, you just got to dodge out of the way, and then you can take care of yeah. But man, it was such a memeable moment because I'm just like Rat King. I ain't locked in here with you. Reloads <laughs> flamethrower for like the twelfth time. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me wrong, there is some fun violence in this game, but yeah. you got a purred mouth. <laughs> Good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of it for for vengeance. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, just kind of, um, we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, okay. with talking about like vengeance and grief, about how they're kind of um, pressing people away. But another big theme that we saw, so, okay, just to recap, uh, we have grief and then we have uh, revenge, justice, vengeance, whatever you mm -hmm. kind of want to do with that. I mean, whatever it, you're trying to pursue. Yeah, we would and then say what you actually end up doing. We would say the the bigger thing there is revenge, yeah. but you know, it's complicated. They they want to think they're doing justice. There you go. And then uh, then we have otherness. I think that's a good word to kind of yeah. say. I don't even know if it's a word. I think it is. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? We're going to be risky either. And, um, but um, we talked about how, you know, vengeance or whatever is pushing people away. But in this game, there is definitely moments of thinking of others, right? 
even if it doesn't really necessarily make sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Abby taking on Levin Yara. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Well, I mean, Owen kind of goes under that same umbrella. I mean, yeah. he, he really does join um, Abby in that. Uh, Tommy. I Dina, mean, Jesse, Jesse, I mean, on. everybody there. Yeah. There's definitely people, again, we kind of alluded to that where people were really trying to come around Ellie, right? Yeah. People try to come around Abby. Abby's With, just a. Yeah, but then, and then that takes the otherness idea <clears throat> to that community aspect. Because Jesse and Dean and all them, well, they're, they're Team Jackson. So it makes sense they would all come together. But then you have someone like Abby, and she's reaching out to Yar and Lev, who are on the completely opposite team. You know, she's taking them on. And Abby is the scar killer. You know, like she's Isaac's top dog, as we were, as we were saying earlier. Yep. And she does that because oh, they... Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Then. And she says she does that because they are the original ones to spare her. Like, when she's getting hanged, and they, they don't have to save her, like, they choose to save her anyway. She's one of them. Yeah. And Yara's like, you you cut her down right now. Yeah, I, I Just mean... Just because she put her in a chokehold with her legs. Yeah, I guess she thought that was... She's like, oh, she'll be handy to have around. Like, at the end of the day, Abby did not save them. Oh, no. First, she helped, but... Kinda. They probably had it sorted. Stop hating on these scenes, man. You were so excited about the those scenes in the trailers. I thought it was Ellie's mom at first. You did. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people did. Especially when they like, you know, they're about to cut into her. I was just like, Ellie's in there. You know, like <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Don't like, you do it. Nested with sin. Like, oh crap. She's yeah. nested with muscles. Yeah, I was, I was like, Ellie's mom is jacked. <laughs> what happened to Ellie? <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, but really the biggest in your face element of otherness is making you walk through three days in Seattle as Ellie and then putting you in the quote enemy in quotes shoes to walk three days in them as much of a drag as that could have been at times. And I mean, and at the beginning I was just like, ah, I got to do all this over again. But you did as you're playing as Abby, you know, you go to see Nora She's like, hey, come back here. I got to show you some stuff. Mm. And she's showing you all those bodies. And she's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, we don't know what's going on. And at the time, especially in the first playthrough, like I was still being kind of a jerk. I was like, I know what's going on. Like, your boy's handing it out to you. You know, I'm just, I'm a jerk. But, and as, but as you're going on the second time, you're <laughs> like, I was trying to appreciate that moment. I was like, okay, these are people who like, they've gone to war with their friends. Like, they've really got some connections here, I guess, hopefully. And, like, they're just walking and finding them dead because something out there is just taking it from them. I mean, I thought that was a that was a good thing to try. And then and you keep meeting everyone as Abby that you just killed as Ellie. Like, you were talking about, you know, Leah. and I can't remember the name of the girl with the video game. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what game was she playing? I can't remember. I, uh, I can't remember. That man, loud. that's going to bother me so much. Okay. Sorry, didn't mean to bring it up. Because it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll think about it later. But. Okay. Yeah, you know. He'll remember it after the, the Probably the biggest thing. I'm, I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent real quick. Do okay. it. You can get us back on. But uh, probably the biggest thing, uh, again, I'm trying not to have an agenda with this podcast right now. Oh, I know. For me to saying. dunk on Abby. But, like, you know, Girlfriend Reviews made this a point where it was like, all right, kind of the forgiveness idea. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, what did they say? It was like uh, something about forgiveness and there's no like no pain or no sh- 
links that you can go without forgetting. I can't remember. Never mind. I'm being dumb. But I think <laughs> the biggest thing is like otherness is obviously displayed in this game by playing another person, yeah. right? The enemy. And, you know, people, I just remember playing this game for the first time and listening to a podcast with MinMax of The Deepest Dive. And people were like, oh, I'm really coming around, you know, really coming around for Abby. You know, like her height, she's scared of heights. That kind of makes her relatable, you know. And, Hmm. uh, you know, she she did that line where, you know, Lev goes, Abby, you killed your people. You're my people. You know, that was really impactful. And I'm just like, no. You know, like it felt just a little too forced. To otherness. You? Is that what you're well, the biggest thing is that I just I'm not convinced by any of that. Uh, oh. You know, the otherness theme that's you're so cynical. That's uh, lived out by Abby just to go back for these kids. Mm. I mean, literally, just um, an hour or two before that, she was talking about how. I mean, she just doesn't have any sympathy for kids either if they're scars. Yeah. Oh, she's trashing on Scars the entire time until she meets Yar. And, Le- and even then, she she keeps calling them Scars. And they keep, like, correcting her. And she's like, whatever. Yeah, so that's where her character progression that I'm just like, I do not understand that, you know? But at the same time, I can appreciate it for taking care of Lev the way she does. I mean, mm. anybody can. If you're going to do that for some people, that's fine. Um, but I, I, I just never got the enamored point of view of being like oh abby's really come around now and i'm just yeah like, that's why i love that mel part so much you know oh and mel's is blessing her <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of like the most touching moment with abby it might just be there right at the end like you said when when she drops down from uh she drops down there and then she goes immediately like she looks at this person who she's been enemies with the entire time and just goes and gets left straight away that's probably about the best i think yeah and um, I guess th- how it, it's complicated with otherness because it's still exclusive. Yeah. You know, like it's still this exclusive aspect where, okay, Abby might, you know, branch out and grab somebody, but sh- now she's fronted against somebody else now. You know yeah, what I'm saying? With like yeah, WLF. Yeah, exactly. Um, oops, I dropped my phone. But you, you have moments where like, okay, if you're the WLF, you're against everybody else. I mean, those mm-hmm. are your people and exactly. you're thinking of others, but like, yeah, it, it's tricky. Jackson is probably the best example of this, in my opinion, of being kind of open to anybody. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of like a citizenship type of process where I think you probably have to prove yourself, uh, which people probably have a big problem anyway, because like, how do you know to sort those people out? How do you know if they're not yeah. incomers and all well, I don't know. Stuff? I mean, the way Joel and Tommy were, it's kind of like, Hey, how's it going? Like, we got some stuff for you if you need to, but anyway, I'm not going to hop back on that again, <laughs> but Jackson does. I mean, Jackson comes into this long standing mm. war between the WLF and the, the Seraphites or scars, if, depending on what side you're on. And in, in one sense, like they don't really like, they have a clear enemy, with the uh, WLF, but at the same time, like, oh, we have a problem with air fights too. Like, well, anyone's fair game. Mm. And then, you know, like the, all these battle lines just get drawn everywhere. And I don't like, so there's clear, there's clearly pictures of, of just, you know, me versus you, my tribe versus your tribe. But then you get moments of like Jesse again, good old Jesse. Yeah. Like, as he's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, he's trying to figure out from Ellie, like what went down that caused people to want to beat Joel to death. She's like, oh, you know, he was a smuggler. Some things went down with him, some fireflies. Like, it just kind of went south. And from after that, he's like, oh, does that change things for you? Like, they 
And he keeps flushing. He kind of brings this idea of like they clearly had a problem with him, so like they didn't do it for nothing. Yeah, and it's striking that Ellie says no. Yeah, knowing how they ended. But. Yeah, I mean she's again she's too obsessive at that point. But um, yeah. So so I like that idea that you know it's not just like everyone's hopping on Team Ellie. We're gonna roll through these people. But Jess is like, wait a minute. Like, is there a right and wrong angle to this? Like, shouldn't we consider it from their point of view? That's a good point. Before we're just gonna like, aren't we the ones that everyone? are just killing their people now? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, there's that justice aspect in there. Yeah. And and even like you're angry at Abby at the beginning because like. Joel and Tommy save her. They don't know who she is, but they save her, and she kills them anyway. And you're like, well, that was a jerk move. But then they don't kill Ellie and Tommy because, you know, Owen steps in. He's like, you know, we're not here for them. If you get your face cut, Danny, it's because you weren't standing post anyway. No, like, get out there. But then, like, Ooh, Ellie don't care. Go Owen. Yeah. yeah, we like that guy. Well, well he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> But then at the end, like, or throughout the game, Ellie, He's like, a terrible Ellie doesn't care that they saved her. Like, and she keeps saying that people are like, um, uh, who was, it? I think maybe it was Nora. Was it Nora? Or Mel? Yeah. They said something like, you know, we said, I mean, maybe even they, I think it was, Nora. no, like, we, it was that guy at the beginning. What's his name? It's the one that got his face cut, right? Oh, Danny. Yeah. Oh, like we saved you or yeah. we didn't kill you or something. Yeah. And, but Ellie, whoever it is, Ellie keeps making the point back to him. Like you shouldn't have even been there. Like, she just oversimplifies it. Good point. You were there. It happened. It happened while you were there. You're on my list. Which, again, playing through the first time around especially, I was like, yeah, get it, girl. (laughs) I was on the revenge train real hard. Reminds me of that Metallica song. (laughs) Die, 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 (laughs) die. (laughs) Yeah, but kind of like, I wasn't bothered with otherness the first time around. (sighs) Too good. Yeah, I mean, are you convinced by the sympathy type of card that they're trying to throw out with otherness and all this other stuff? With, like, Lev and Yara and Abby? What do you mean, am I convinced by it? I mean, I don't know. Like, are are you okay with, like, the sympathy theme that they're trying to push for you to like, feel sympathetic towards those characters? Or I mean, I think... I, I don't know. Again, I don't emotionally attached to it the same way I took to like Joe and Ellie bonding with Sam and Henry and everything they went through. Yep. Like it, it's a sweet attempt, I guess, you know, Abby after she and Owen, you know, she wakes up and she's like worried about the kids. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, that's, that's nice, I guess. But it just didn't, I don't know if it's cause it wasn't enough time or there was just something about it that it was a little off for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like justification almost, you know, yeah. because Abby did that. It's okay that she did that. She yeah. killed Joel. Or like, it even oh. just felt a little, I don't know, shoehorned in at times. Like we got to give Abby someone to look after. So she's kind of like Joel. So we're going to do all this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Boo. Yeah. I don't know. Just give us Joel. Um, yeah. I mean, and then like, uh, let's talk about this real quick. We'll end it, uh, um, with, uh, We'll get oh, into gospel. Sorry, just on the otherness thing. Um, I will say neither WLF or Jackson is painted as clear, outright bad guys. Like, they want you to kind of consider them to be normal people in extreme circumstances, I think. Okay. Like, Isaac's got his torture chamber, but in, in general, like, they everyone keeps talking about, we just want peace, we want these things. No one's eating people. Like, you okay. know, like, Good in, point. like Good in the point. first one. But... 
they clearly no David's around here. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Oh, David. And so, but at the end of it, when they bring in the Rattlers, who are just so clearly bad, like none of the groups before were Rattlers, mm-hmm. and so I think that was them trying to paint the other groups as like not necessarily, um, you know, good guys straight away, but they're at least gray. Justice. Yeah. There's. I mean, what what is it? And both of those sides have different. Sure. Views on what that is. Don't come on my island. Yeah. Don't come upon my land. You know? Exactly. Like, but the Rattlers are just like, hey, slave labor. Cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, with those WLF and all those, you broke the treaty. Justice is us destroying you. You know, yeah. all this other kind of stuff. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, Also, tying into uh, otherness is religion. Real quick. I mean, it'd be, it'd be one... It, yeah, it'd be a disservice if we didn't say anything. I mean, Scars, yeah, they, the Seraphites are definitely... A big, big role mm-hmm. in this game. Terrifying as all get out as well. Dude, those whistles. Those whistles. I mean, I remember the first time you come upon that park. That was terrifying. Oh, my yeah. gosh, man. But the second time when you have the gameplay modifiers on. like You bring that whistling self over here, son. You still get struck with that. Uh, yeah, you still got to pull the arrow out. I think it's a tutorial mostly just be, to show it you is. that you need to and pull that It's a that sweet thing one. Out. I love pulling arrows out in this game. Yeah, but th- when they're whistling and you can't really see them, it's spooky yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, uh, because uh, it, it's not even just uh, seraphites, but uh, people that are embodying some type of faith base or whatever mm-hmm. affects how they view the other person, right? So Dina kind of has this Jewish background. Um, she talks about, you know, prayer kind of gives her perspective. She knows what the Torah is. Yeah. Uh, she's making jokes. Wow. I'm surprised I didn't catch on fire. You know, all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah. It, and it seems to be too, like, that's kind of a tradition she can hold that connects her to her sister mm-hmm. who, she, who she misses. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Which no doubt affects how she approaches Ellie in some way. It, yeah. it, it If it's formative in some way. Um, you got uh, obviously the Seraphites, but then you also have specifically Lev that is really kind of like, um, it's super interesting with Lev. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about challenges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to make this clear for everybody, um, we do have a transgendered character here. Yep. Um, now, no... Um, no surgery has been done, I don't think. I mean, no, they're, I don't, they're I don't, definitely not. I don't, they don't think they're the concerned with that. I, yeah. I don't even think uh, maybe that just even goes further than to say you don't need to necessarily have something like that to be a man or whatever it is. Yeah. But uh, Lily, obviously, yep. cut her Le- hair. Level's born. Level's born female. Yep. And- cut her hair. She always had this feeling inside that yeah. she was a, a guy and then uh, was ordered to be a wife. And then that's to an when, elder, yeah, yeah, and that's when she cut her hair, and then yeah, said said I'm I'm Lev now, and then and, escaped, and the Seraphites totally turn on Lev for that. Yeah, but with Lev, it's such an interesting character when it comes to religion because she is repre- sorry, Lev is represented uh, represented as um, a pure religion. Hmm. It, it's a, a, just a pure religion, and um. It's it's interesting seeing that. I mean, he, Lev knows all of the the scriptures, meditates, still pursues that faith. Yeah, and and in, insists that all the other seraphites are actually wrong. false followers. Yeah. Read the text. Read the text. Lev goes Matt Chandler on these. People. I yeah, I'm just reading the Bible. Just reading the Calvinism. I'm just reading the Bible. Um, 
I admire that a lot about love. Yeah. But it is interesting how Naughty Dog kind of paints that uh, purity of religion there, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, it's like purity of religion isn't, um, it's not necessarily how obsessive you are or how strict you are to it, but more just, again, they're, they're kind of invoking this higher standard here, but like how good a person are you through mm. your religion, I mm. think. But well, I'll keep going if you got some more to flesh no, out on. No, go ahead. On go ahead. I, the, the one, the faith line that, stumps me the most in this is through ellie because ellie's clearly not religious mm-hmm. per last of us one you know she seems to have a fairly agnostic or atheistic kind of view on things yep but in her journal she makes that comment about i want to faith through pain and i i just stared at that journal entry for like 30 45 seconds is that going, the what? end of the game no 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 it's it's pretty early on i think when after she, joel when, dies yeah i think it's after her and dina go through the go through the temple Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so like, I, don't know I forgot that. It's good. Really? Diesel. I mean, because yeah. it's um, I was like, I wonder what she means about like, I want a faith through pain. Does that mean you want a faith created in it, or do you just simply want a faith that's been like tried and refined by pain that can stand through pain and it gives you something to stand on? Like I, I, I don't know. That's that's a really interesting sentence. It is interesting, yeah. That's because it, it doesn't connect faith to this idea of like feeling good or prospering or any of the things you know that we kind of on a shallow level a lot of people think of when they think faith. Like, oh, it's very comfort, kind of like Dina in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very comforting, um, perspective giving thing. But Ellie seems to think of it as something of an anchor to hold on to in the midst of fire. I think it's a good point. Yeah. No, I'm grateful you brought up that point um uh, maybe to wrap this up too uh with just religion uh we've talked about this a couple of times but uh abby you know saying hey if i die do it for myself you know oh yeah why are you here (laughs) let's lev guts abby's argument in one sentence thank you (laughs) 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 and uh i don't even know what she says uh i don't even know she says she she says um that she came back and to help lev and yara i needed uh, to she needed to for herself and it was because she felt guilty yeah and i don't know if that's feeling guilty for you know turning it up on owen or 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 what but like it seems like a selfish kind of motivation but it's a selfishness that ended up making her selfless right but i mean uh, to kind of tie this into otherness um you know a religious act in the eyes of the seraphites is was lev cutting hair yep cutting cutting his hair which is a you know that's that's the warrior look right so the otherness is kind of the theme is like oh now we are against you because you did that right mm-hmm. and then it's reflect it's juxtaposed pretty hard with abby's uh response you know did you hear what they called me and you know oh yeah do you want to ask me about it abby's just like do you want me to ask no, you about it no no and so again there's like this purity you know that's kind yeah. of exerted by abby um, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a thing. This is what we're talking about. Like those, those like uh, we could look at this and be like, okay, there are definitely some homosexual love is love type of theme. Yeah. Right. We, there is definitely some transgenderism themes. There's agenda. There is a sort of an agenda here. Or at least things you could say are agenda. But yeah. they're not building louder than anything else. Yeah. It's, right. I, and we'll get into this a little bit 
um, more in the end. But like they just seem to kind of be the medium they use from time to time to tell the story about the bigger ideas, you know, revenge and grief and right nihilism. So, so anyway, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to freak out about these types of things, right? Again, we're jumping ahead. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. All right, All right let's, uh, let's do some gospel parallels. Yeah, what do you think, man? Start with grief. Start with some. Yeah, we'll start with some grief. Good um, grief. There is such thing. <laughs> Just ask Michael Scott about Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, yeah, I went digging through scriptures. My my okay. my typical things I dig through. You know, scripture and C.S. Lewis. But um, okay. You know, when we grief is this powerful negative emotion that clearly no one wants to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, you know in a grief observed uh c.s lewis writes you know there's nothing we can do with suffering except to suffer it (laughs) and he just makes this clear point that you know grief is simply there in this world and so we all treat it as this thing that we you know we want to escape and get away from and that's that's what's happening in the game a lot you know abby and especially ellie think they're going to escape their grief if only they can achieve x if only they can get rid of this person or i mean they they make it very um I don't know, what did you say, works-based? If I can achieve blank. Um, but we would say grief exists in this broken, sinful world. And it's a negative thing, but even along with all the other negative, positive things, like grief is supposed to drive your eyes upward, not inward. Yep. So, yeah, so I think the gospel critiques it pretty big about uh what to do with it yeah um so obviously again we can kind of like jump on the wagon and be like okay well it led to vengeance and all this other stuff but mm-hmm. we're, we're just talking about grief here at, at first you know and there's a lot of things that we can identify with isolation maybe um yeah. of just trying to yeah figure it out yourself you might for abby you could go well i identify with her because she's working out she's keeping herself distracted Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. And again, I already told you, I kind of related to Ellie on the arts side of things. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a space for grief. I mean, we just, we, Naturally. Uh, I, I love Mark Vergope. There's this book, dark clouds, deep mercy. And, um, he has this quote in there. He says, lament. And pretty much if we could, if I could say anything, the, the Psalms of lament are pretty much just complaints. And then these, yeah. this is in scripture. I mean, this is in scripture of people going, God, God, how long, mm. how long are you going to forsake me? How long are you going to turn your face away from me? Yeah. Right. These are real things. And like you read David and you're like, man, I can't believe the dude said that to the Lord, you know, <laughs> uh, guy after man, part after God's on hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check, <clears throat> check your heart, bro. Yeah. Um, but I, Mark Vergob says that, <clears throat> The language of people who be- lament is the language of a people who believe in God's sovereignty, but live in a world with tragedy. Ooh, you know, yeah, and it, it doesn't mean that if I was in uh, Ellie's world right now, that I would look at her and be like, "God's, you know, God's got a better plan." Sure, yeah. I, I, we, we are really hurting the body of Christ by doing such a thing, mm. and we are also hurting our world by doing such a thing. 
Yeah. And if anything, we could say God is with you, crying with you. He he weeps with those who weep. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't say, you know, preach to those who weep. Yeah. And the the beautiful thing about the lament psalms is that they always do have a turn. There's always a turn and a trust, right? Mm. So in Psalm 6, I do believe it, you know, it says, how long, O Lord, will you forsake me and forgive me and all this other stuff? But then he goes, but I've trusted in the steadfast love of your, uh, of you, you know, and that's that's great. So that's where like the gospel, I think, would really critique this and be like, no, you know what? And there's a parallel there. Grief exists in this world, definitely. And we there's a time to do that. We need to do that. We just need to just, sometimes we just need to cry. Yeah. Dane Cook. I'm referencing Dane Cook. You just, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just have that feeling where you just need to cry, you know? <laughs> you start having those pre-cry breasts. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I think it would just critique it in that way. And then I love John Piper's quote. Uh, he says, keep trusting in the one who keeps you trusting. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the most Piper-esque thing I've heard in a while. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, we, but we can do that with grief. Like, for, if we're going to critique sure. it, if we're going to if we're gonna apply the gospel to a grief filter, mm. uh, you know, that's what I would do. I, I, if I was with Ellie, I literally would just, I, I'd probably just sit with her. Right? Wow. And I hope that some girls would come around her and just sit with her. We, there's something to be admired about Job's friends not saying anything for five days. Yeah. You know, it might have been longer than that. I mean, I mean, now. really, you think about it, it goes sideways and they start talking. Yeah. Instead of, you know, the, the critique here is Tommy comes in. All right. What are we doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you loaded or what? Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm bringing sunflower seeds. You bring the guns, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's nuts. But there is definitely, um, a fulfillment of the community aspect mm. like you like grieving alone like we would say as christians like like i might grieve by myself but i'm never really grieving alone but then god has given me a community sure to grieve with and bear bear in it with me yeah um but like like we're saying you know the the goal there isn't to help someone move on from their grief yeah um, and it's, it's not about grief. It was actually about, um, anxiety. I was watching a video of Paul Tripp the other day. So, you know, yeah. Um, but he was just talking about how too often times, like we just point out some scripture to try to help someone just get over the hump. It's cause we're more tired of dealing with them than anything else. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's funny cause like I wrestle with anxiety. So like, I know how it is, but then this is totally off kilter like my dogs have anxiety and i'm like oh why don't you just get over yourself and stop barking and i'm like ooh what just happened yeah i mean oh. uh, you know sarah my wife yeah she has some anxiety too and i i f- mentally i don't know where she's coming from yeah you know um but it is a humbling thing of just being with her you know yeah. and just i don't know what you're going but i'm here whatever you need yeah and it and to keep on just um you know keep going into what trip was saying uh, it was about anxiety but i think it applies to this too um he talks about how so many times people jump on philippians 4 6 with anxiety and they're like oh it says right there like don't be anxious about anything pray he's like you gotta he's like back up half a verse it says because that sentence starts half a verse earlier the lord is at hand mm. do not be anxious yep so like you'll feel anxiety but again it's not, you're not focusing on feeling better like you're focusing on the one who keeps you trusting yeah you know and the biggest thing is that it's like it, that verse is also just instructing us 
what to do with our anxiousness. Sure. Yeah. Good point. Just, just go to God in prayer. I mean, I, I don't know. It's probably not going to fix it in that moment, but it's instructing mm. you on what, where to go to and what to do. Yeah. In my opinion. So no, I think that's how I just I take that verse. Yeah. So yeah, we do need to be careful in that interpretation process. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, what do we got? Uh, revenge. Well, I think well, all these things are just us being in a fallen world, right? Um, but, you know, the fall happens, Satan rolls on the scene, and he just starts circulating these lies through our heads like, one, that we should trust him, two, maybe we shouldn't trust God, and three, we can also probably trust ourselves or that we can handle things ourselves. And so I think that's what happens with revenge. You know, we notice something's wrong, but rather, and we would say from talking as believers here, like rather than running to God, wanting to pursue justice, I think, no, no, no. Like, I think the way Ellie thinks some too many times, you know, hey, something's wrong here, and it, to make it right, like, I got to put my hands on it to make it right. Until I get my satisfaction, this mm. this won't go away. Yeah. Which is clearly, you know, just selfish, fleshly um, obsession with feelings. Yeah, you know you're in a dark place if you think that justice and healing comes with, you know, killing people with your own bare hands. Yeah. It's just, it's dark. Obviously the gospel would have a lot to say about that. Right. Sure. You know, uh, yeah. I, where do you even begin with that? Right. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, instead it's like, Hey, we got to die for others. Mm. Um, and like forgiveness, what does forgiveness mean? And, and reconciling all to that. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky it's a tricky type of situation, no doubt about it. I mean, no one wants to... We hear about the stories about somebody getting murdered and the family forgives that person or something. And oh, we admire that. We're like, yeah. oh, see, you know, we got great believers. Oh, I, I just couldn't imagine. it. it that yeah. would be hard. Yeah. You know, it, it's not that we can just look at this video game and be like, Ellie's a psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. And just like, she's a terrible person. It's like, oh, this is a this is a different world. Yeah, It's a tough world. But that, that's not out of the realm of possibilities for a human reaction, though. Yeah, especially in our world. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we got people that kill people on a daily basis just because of what they said on social media. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, but Scripture does. And it just turns it all on its head, you know. Um, bless those who persecute you. Like, bless them. Don't curse them. That doesn't make sense. They're persecuting. Who's going to stand up for me? You know, Christ would say, like, I've stood up for you. Like, I've died for you. Um like you can rest in that. Like you don't have to kill yourself and destroy yourself in your relationships trying to go make all this right. Like I've made it right. Or like I'll come again one day and ultimately fulfill it being made right. Mm. Um or, you know, um never never avenge yourselves but but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says Vengeance, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Yeah. Not not anybody else. Yeah. That is and I, you know, I was looking up all these different terms. Like ven- when we think revenge, it's like a very selfish, maybe even petty kind of thing. But I think vengeance also can sometimes have this definition of like this is punishment for a moral wrong. It's like that's what God's interested in. Like He's not interested in the the pettiness of it mm. that we ultimately bring into it every time. You talked behind my back. I'm going to talk behind yours yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's crazy when we think about that, right? Um, when we talk about God's glory, we go, God's going to get his glory. The glory is his, you know, all this other yeah. stuff. I don't think we really talk about vengeance as much as that. Yeah. No, sure. it's it, vengeance is not mine. Vengeance isn't Ellie's. It's not Abby's. Yeah. It's the Lord's. And, uh, we need to take that seriously. Sure. Well, I think, and to your point earlier, when you said like Ellie, Ellie embraced justice when she let Abby up out of the water. Like she abandoned revenge there. And that was just like, it was no more of this about like, I got to make myself feel good by killing you. It was just like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Like you're a human and I'm a human. And like, we have to stop doing this to each other. Yeah. And you know, spares her, take him out of here. You know, take them yeah. and leave. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't think it's perfect justice. I'm just saying she's, a, sure. she's going down the road where, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where justice is being, yeah. Well, and then looking through to kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a tangent into different types of justice. Yeah. You know, I was looking through that, the book advocates by Dottie Lewis on mm-hmm. social justice. Yep. And I just love how he points out like a justice is about, relationships not merely punishment because when we when when someone's Mm -hmm. done something Mm -hmm. to us we want it to be about punishment but when we're in the hot seat now suddenly you know we're we're concerned about different things there and so there's this idea like there are consequences and you have to pay those consequences but ultimately the consequences are supposed to lead you to repentance and restoration with other people oh i've hurt you like i've damaged you like we need to make that right so that we can reconnect yeah, keep going. Oh, okay. I don't know. Keep um, going. Or um, that's like the turn the other cheek metaphor, right? Like in Jewish culture, the cheek represents the relationship. So if someone slaps your cheek, they slap the relationship. You offer it back to them. You say, like, no, our relationship is more important than this damage. Hmm. So Donnie Lewis, man. Props to that, dude. Yeah, it's on my bookshelf right there. It I is. Need to, I need to read it. I was looked at <laughs> um, It's a short little book, too. It's not too long. No, you'll get through it quick. Um, what else does he say? Oh, I does he say it? Or maybe someone else does. If not, it's probably something he would say. Uh, justice without mercy is hell. <laughs> who said do you know who says that? I can't remember, it just popped into my head. No. But but like you look at the cross and there's probably a Puritan. Probably. <laughs> and like but the cross is perfect justice and mercy. Like God doesn't want to get revenge on anyone like we sinned against him. And he'd be totally in his rights to just pour out that wrath on us but instead he pours it out on himself and like there's perfect justice there but then we get to receive perfect mercy in it Mm -hmm. so yeah that's where it's found and like ultimately like vengeance is just leading these people to like less and less human Mm. i mean literally you're becoming see that's the that's the other thing like if we could do a comparison of abby and ellie one of them is literally becoming less human in my opinion yeah. Like by pursuing that type of vengeance. Well, at the time now, I mean, you could honestly probably argue, well, when you first control Abby, she's at the pretty low total she's at her of humanity. Lowest. Yeah. And then she starts she gradually pursuing builds. others and she's building. That's and, a good point. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I think justice is actually building humanity in us and mm. whatever that means, really. I mean, that's good. That's opening a can of worms, too. Yeah, for real, though. Okay. And otherness. Yeah. 
What do you think? <laughs> you know, uh, I think about our last uh, conversation. I don't know if it was, I think it was The Last of Us where we talked about Philippians. Did we yeah, talk about Philippians probably. too? I mean, we probably talk about Philippians in most episodes. It's an amazing passage. It is. It's really good. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so tough, right? You kind of get into this moral argument about, well, morally, I'm I'm doing this, right? Mm. I, I think if if Abby met the Lord or whatever during her time and she was killed or something, she would have been like, didn't didn't I? Yeah. Didn't I do this? Didn't, didn't I, I save those yeah, kids? Didn't yes, I? I know I did this, but that doesn't this like outweigh, you know, and then mm. like, maybe your friends, didn't we? And then really the the biggest response, and Dean and Sarah says this perfectly, he says, didn't he? Right? We, we need to be saying, nice didn't he? <laughs> and um, so that's why maybe I just, I feel a lot less sympathetic with this. And we're, we're in like, this is an interesting culture that we live in where we have this moral type of, yeah, just this moral culture of, we know we need to give to, uh, you know, special Olympics. We know we need to, uh, feed the homeless. We know we need to. And the biggest question is why? Hmm. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I don't even think Abby's like, well, I had to, I needed to. And, I felt guilty. And it's like, but why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why? Yeah, you know, like, your... and uh, what what's making you feel that? And we could probably point to some Imago Day aspects. Yeah. Right. And that's probably going to be a, a similar. I think we've talked about that before, too. But it seems like if any type of like, I just see it's like common grace. Right. Yeah. That somebody's able to maybe even have a thought process of feeling bad for kids that are out on their own that need protection or whatever. I mean, that's the Imago Day somehow bleeding through and or breaking through at some points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like I, I found it very interesting when um, you're with Lev and there's that quote on the tree. It might actually be Yara. I think it's I think it's with Yara. I think it's Yara. You're going to go get Lev. Yeah, and uh, may her like guide us through the storm or something like that. <laughs> Abby comes on, may you in the darkness, may you f- search for the light or something like that. Oh yeah, and uh, look for the light. And you're always like, huh? <laughs> yeah, but like that's so close to uh, the people walking in darkness has seen a great light. Mm. You know, it's it's so close. Um, so ultimately, I think that there's the gospel critique right there. It's yeah. just like, it, it's just like, it's asking why, why are people doing this? Is it just, a, I mean, ultimately we probably could make the argument. Well, it does. It definitely seems like Abby's trying to make her feel better about herself. Yeah. She, after all the gruesome killings that she just did. But ultimately you do find that I think she does come to love Lev. She cares for Lev, no doubt about it. Mm. But, and I, that's, so we'll say a gospel fulfillment on this, you know, Lev and Abby at the start technically are enemies. Mm. And yet there's reconciliation there. Um, and so aside from, well, I guess the ultimate otherness is the creator putting himself in the shoes of the created. But like he came down here for enemies. You know, like, um, you know, thinking of Matthew 5, somewhere in the 40s. Um, like there's no reward in only loving those who love you. Like why was Christ glorified? Like he poured out everything in service to the Father, but he like doing it for the people who That's hated good. him. Yeah. And and so I think you know Naughty Dog, they're all again we talk about uh, it's a secular group, but they're all made in God's image. And just as you said earlier, like that just bleeds through on things. Like you can't get away from it. Yeah, no matter how hard they want to get away from it. Yeah. Um. So 
Yeah, and then you know we could we could say a lot of things about like, hey, the world will know you're my disciples by how you what love one another, right? Yeah. What does actual love look like? Um, laying down your life, right? Mm-hmm. Loving, love God, love your neighbor. You know, who who's my neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so whoever needs the love, I guess. Yeah. So we've put it off. I guess we have to get to challenges. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> challenges, challenges to the Christian playing this game. Well, you want to start it off? <laughs> let's just start off with just a nice. Just this off to you. Let's let's do a nice, easy one. There's language. There is language. There's quite a bit of language in this. And, I mean, clearly it has a, an M rating for all, all the stuff we're about to talk about. We've said this before in language in games. I don't know if it's going to be anything that much different than they're going to hear from school, friends, bus, ball games. Now, granted, you as parents, they can make the decision to let it into the house or not. But uh. Yep, language. Violence is probably the more um, more intense thing here. Yeah. If I was to compare the two, uh, you're definitely, I mean, some of the animations that you're doing, I, I feel yeah. like I was, I saw a new animation, a few new animations playing this game. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing there is they're not celebrating violence. That's true. Like you talked about, especially after we played it the first time around, you were like, man, like I hated killing Abby. You're like, I was just wincing with every shot I gave her. Yeah. I hated that part. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate it for a while, but then eventually, even I got to the point where I was like, "Okay." We she was like stop. shrilling in this pain. It's like, no, brutal. this is the, the, Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> where's the Ellie I knew? Yeah, she bit my fingers. <laughs> I shot the heck out of that guy, didn't I? Yeah, but oh, yeah. um, yeah. So the but I mean, there is some there's some scenes. Uh, thankfully, I don't think we saw any torture scenes in this game, except no. for Joel. Um, but you don't see anything with Ellie. You know what you see with Nora. You, you get a perspective of you're oh, looking you kinda at Ellie. Do. You kind of like do. you see Ellie yep. swinging and you're you're in Nora's shoes, which you also kind of briefly in Joel's shoes a little bit when Abby starts swinging. Yep. But yeah, I forgot about that. Um, that's a, such an interesting scene with Nora, by the way. Yeah, it is. Like the the press square button there is that smaller? It looks smaller to me. Maybe. Because I just didn't know if that was it's more like. I don't want to press it. What's going to happen if I don't press it? Yeah. Or just like them wanting you to focus on like the strong negative emotions you're feeling rather than the conscious decision to hit someone. That's a good point. I just got to hit her. (laughs) So like, yeah, it's a really violent game, but if it helps, they're not like, they want you to consider how bad violence is. They're not just like, yeah, hit him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So watch out for the violence. I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Honestly, uh, some of the the blood, the blood's definitely a lot and mm. stuff like that. Uh, okay, probably the biggest relational um, issue that we, I mean, th- that's there, yeah. um, is homosexuality and Dina and Ellie. Or is that you think that's the bigger bigger issue than the uh, transgender? In the- I think so. Okay. Uh, mostly because there's just a ton of kissing scenes. There's a lot of intimate scenes between them. Yeah. I, not to, like, is that the bigger issue here or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I'm just saying they give it. They give it a lot more weight. Definitely. I mean, yeah. it's not. Again, there's there's not too much talk about. Yeah. It's just hey, Lev cut his hair. 
you know, and all this other kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah. So obviously these two, they act like they're a married couple, mm-hmm. um, raising a child. They're raising a child together. Uh, they kiss multiple times. They just had the very beginning of the game. There's some pretty intimate and just interesting. After, after they smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's drugs um, in this game. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting just kind of navigating through that. Right. Yeah. Um, I just got done reading a book, uh, homosexuality and the Christian mm. and just, I think it's a helpful book. I, I really do. I think it's a helpful book of just a, not even approaching this game. Um, but, uh, just approaching our world, you know, how do we deal with this kind of stuff? Yeah. What do we as Christians have to say? Um, one thing I really loved about that book, and I don't know if I could, uh, we can't really necessarily say this for Ellie and, and Dina, obviously they're fictional characters, but you know, we struggle with this in the church and it'd be dumb for us to think that people aren't struggling with it, with same sex attraction yeah, and sure. all this other kind of stuff. And one thing that I really appreciated about Yarhouse, that's his name, uh, the author, he says, we need to remember who our people are. Mm. You know, and if there's people in our group that are covenant members of our church, there are people. Yeah, exactly. Man, I, just me reading that, CJ, just made me have a better perspective of that, right? Um, obviously, <laughs> Ellie and Dina, fictional characters once again, but they're not part of my church or anything like yeah, that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I don't think it's helpful, uh, you know, to be like the, uh, what's the guy that calls them out at the dance? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. The bigot was bigot sandwiches. Yeah. That's all whatever I remember Ellie's saying. You know, I don't think it's, it, we. that's not our job. Yeah. You know? Well, and see, here's why I would encourage a Christian to play this game. I think the bigger challenge here is the fact that Ellie and Dean are painted as this like healthy, loving, totally normal couple. And like there doesn't really like it just seems natural mm. and good and like and that's how people and because the clearest argument against Christians you know having a stance against it is um like well it's not hurting anyone mm. like they're just two people who love each other they want to bring up their kid why is that wrong and that's a hard that's a really hard point to refute in a lot of ways because like they're not they're not doing anything crazy I mean you know at the beginning they're like smoking weed whatever but like different thing um. But I saw Tim Keller talk about this, I think at a Veritas forum um, online, obviously. And he was just saying how God doesn't call anything sin unless it has this potential to harm humanity. And like it has a corrupting effect on some level. And so no matter what something looks like on the surface level, it might look like it's perfectly fine and totally normal and natural. And well, sin's natural, so that's a problem too. Mm. But like something is going on on a soul level that's having a corrosive effect. And I'm kind of, I'm taking that a little bit farther. I mean, he, he goes, and this is something Christians mishandle all the time. I think, you know, we make homosexual sins a bigger deal than heterosexual sins. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. You know, like there's probably parents who, if their totally. kid come to him, said, mom, dad, I, I just got to confess you. Like I watched porn. They'd probably be like, it's not, it wasn't gay porn. Was it <laughs> like it's porn? It's wrong. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I think that's that's an area where the ball gets dropped a lot. And to your point, like Christians, I mean Rebecca McLaughlin mm. ta- is very is she's open with talking about how she's got same sex attraction. She's married to a man. Yep. Um, but she's she's wrestled with that. And to her, she says, you know, as far as a Christian dealing with this, like we're told to die to ourselves. This is something I lay down to the Savior and I trust Him with. But like 
we wouldn't look at a brother and sister hurting or wrestling with some other, or if we did, we're in the wrong, seeing them struggle with the sin and be like, what is wrong with you? Why do you have that struggle? Mm. Like, I, I don't want to fellowship with you anymore. That would clearly be wrong. And we, yeah, we get so weird when this, this topic gets brought up. Yeah, it's important to also state that we don't know why that happens. Yeah. I mean, we really have no research um, why same-sex attraction happens, what makes a person gay, not. Uh, and also, Yarhouse has three distinctions. He talks about same-sex attraction, and he said uh, sexual orientation, mm. and then sexual identity, right? And so oh, there's okay. a three-distinction tier there where it's like same-sex attraction, you're just attracted to the same sex. Orientation, you're finding yourself going... The urges are getting stronger, or like the attractions getting heavier, and you're kind of finding your way down that route. Yeah. The identity means you just kind of take on, you know. You've embraced like, it. I, I'm a gay person. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, which is again, and which is interesting. Those two people, Dina and Ellie, never say anything like that, right? Yeah. But our culture, hi, I'm so and so, and I'm gay. You know, it's really interesting. It's like, wow, we're really like embracing a sexual identity aspect first yeah in front of everything so it's important to um yeah i, I think hopefully we did that justice uh, also to just to we can be very clear we do not we, we do not support homosexuality yeah. or marriage or anything like that yeah I mean, we, we, we really believe the the views the bible laid down on it we're i mean but we just but we have to remember like again we're dealing with people like we're not dealing with I mean, they're just as human and just as in, in need of grace as we are. If that sin looks different, you know, that's like ultimately you can trust God with that. You don't have to think it's like the revenge thing. Like you don't have to think that you need to put your own hands to it. Yep. Um, we just know it's wrong. And I feel like that gets us triggered. You yeah. know, it's like we as just evangelical believers, we just were like, oh, it's wrong. You better repent. You know, and it's like yeah. uh, we have this expectation. Our expectations are so high that. And like we would never say this, but I feel like our like our evangelical culture believes like if you have enough belief, you will be cured of this. And it's yeah. just like man, that that is just it's so unrealistic. Sure, and and, um, it, and it's unbiblical. Paul like kept praying for that thorn to get taken away for sure. And God's like, no, you're gonna keep it. Yeah, but you've got me. That's what and yeah, these are humans, yeah. right? It, it's again, this is a fictional setting, but we can look at Ellie and Dina and be like, I do not agree with that. Yeah. Um. But these are people. Briefly, you can. I think you can also look at the game and say, like, I don't agree with that, but I like these characters, and like, I like this game. It's a good point. You know, like, uh, I mean, some people want to like lump it in, to say, and if if that's what your conscience yeah. leads you to do, I'm not going to tell you to go against it. But. Sure. Let me say this. This might be controversial. Um, I remember, Ooh, I remember Last of Us. The you play it the first time, mm-hmm. the first game, loved Ellie, and then the DLC dropped, left, yep. left behind. And she kisses Riley, or Riley kisses her. I can't remember which one it was, but, um, and you you don't really get any answers there. Yeah. But I know some people that dropped that that series like that, and I just really? go, you know, I I'm not. I, yeah. I love, Ellie's Ellie's one of my all time favorite characters. She's hard to beat. Yeah. Um. So. I think that's a good point. Okay. Lastly, let's end on this on the on the banger. Right. Huh. Uh, we are dealing with some transgenderism issues. Here. Yeah. Um, and this is the one that I think so many people got um, bent out of shape over because they were saying it was very politicized. There's a heavy like, oh, there's a transgender character that crazy religious psychopaths are trying to kill. These people are clearly like Christians and it's speaking out against them. It's like maybe 
I'm, I'm not going to, maybe, but let's just slow down a little bit and look at what's actually happening, you know? Yeah, any type of comparison that is saying that the Scars are like the Christians, or, or like Christians, that's the dumbest take I've ever heard in my whole entire life. <laughs> this is where, like, some youth pastor walks in. It's like, let me tell you about the Scars that matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to know how I got these Scars? <laughs> Yeah, he probably would say it like that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, look, if you're expecting us to have a pretty long discussion about it, we're not. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. You and me talked about this early on. Is um, uh, I don't really think it's front and center. I think it's just a simple yeah. type of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be the first to really come out and say I don't know too much about transgenderism really how to handle it same i i think i i i hate it you know and i I feel you hate what i i just hate how people go through that Mm, okay um and uh it's so sad yeah it really is there's there's a sadness to it and because like these are people who are craving um the feeling of belonging Mm -hmm. and being accepted and being loved yeah yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why it's 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 so important for us to figure out our where our identity actually lies though. Mm. You know, it's not a sexual identity first. Yeah. Um it's just not. And uh I'm not saying that embracing a Christ-centered identity is of us being first found in Christ and us letting like that purpose of godliness to like that idea to start pretty much just taking control of our life, right? It doesn't mean that that would cure any type of transgender thought or a same-sex thought or whatever like yeah. that. But when we first start like applying that type of filter mm-hmm. first, I think that's the most healthy way of approaching it because yeah. that's who we were made to sure. know and that's that, who we were made to be. That's the same filter you have to apply to any sin. I totally agree. Yeah. Like, how, how do I deal with my greediness or my pride or um, my anger even? You know, the answer isn't to just simply look at some uh, behavior modification techniques. Like, I got to look down at, you know, what am I ultimately trusting in? What do I ultimately think who I am? Like, what's that really grounded in? What's my security in? Yeah. And then because, like, right now, if you were to ask me to, like, handle any of my, my big issues, like, pff, no way. Mm. I probably got years of that before I make any significant headway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sanctification. Yeah, exactly. But, but like, but I am Christ's because of what he did for me today. And like, that's enough. And there, there, I mean, there's so many things. Just because you and me are married mm. doesn't mean that like even our sexual like desires are just kind of open game now. I mean, they yeah. still have to be subjected to God's goodness and sure. God's gospel. Yeah. Like everything on a day-to-day basis for me. My thoughts, my actions, they are subjected to God's gospel. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, really, it, that, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's, it, it's not really, they don't make a huge big deal about it. Yeah. It's definitely there. I think it really comes from a more representational type of desire. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we haven't well, really seen transgender characters at all yeah. in video games before. So. Yeah, when we were talking about this early on prepping out like looking at themes and i was like do you think this is a theme and you said um like i think they just want this to be like a normal thing 
Like you have a transgender character the same as you would have just a heterosexual cisgendered character. That's where, and that's where our, our culture is going. Yeah. You know, it, it's okay. Inner cyberpunk. He, yeah, yeah. He is identifying as he, they, or whatever, you know, like pronouns. Oh, he, all this. He is. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy, you know, yeah. but I, I, we're, our culture is really trying to normalize that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And they use that pronoun. They use the he pronoun for love throughout the entire thing. Yep. Um, so, and that just brings up a whole nother discussion, you know, but anyway, sure. Just yeah. some, some challenges that, you know, you need to be watchful. It's, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely there, but yeah. Yeah. Again, if you want to feel a pulse of where society's at, you can just play a, play a new popular game. Sure. And I would say this again, the biggest part is that you cannot write love off immediately. No. Cause again, he, he's juxtaposed with this like pure type of religion. Mm. Where he's he's trying to keep the faith that was pure and now that has been twisted by the rest of mm, yeah. you know the religious clan. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So, no, I mean, <laughs> and that's all I have to say about <laughs> that. All right, all right, all right. What do you say we end this thing? We went yeah. long. This has been long. I hope you guys hung in with us. I think it's about two hours but long. There was this, definitely yeah. over two hours long. So. Yeah, definitely long. So we've got, but just. Video games, man. There's a lot of heavy, good stuff to talk about. No, man. There's so many things we didn't talk about and we couldn't. No kidding. So this is definitely a polarizing game. No yep. doubt about it. Um, we had a fun time playing it. There's definitely some things to be learned and definitely some ways that we can just kind of talk, think through where our culture's at right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, even strengthen our faith in areas. You know, if we're gonna immediately be triggered by homosexuality and transgenderism, what do we actually know? Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's helpful for us. I know that's wrong. Why? <laughs> yeah. You know? And again, like we talked about revenge or anything, like don't just recognize you have some emotion and then run crazy off of it. Sure. So. so. Okay. Well, uh, we need to figure out what game we're going to play next. And the, the, the plan moving forward. We're a little late on this episode. Mm. Things have been kind of crazy around here. So. Someone uh, had an anniversary. We might try to sneak something in. Pretty soon, like a smaller yeah. game. Or, or we might just take a little bit longer to flesh out a bigger game. A big, giant game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, stay, stay tuned to our podcast. We thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, yeah. we don't bore you. Hopefully, it's fruitful. Um, and hopefully, you just hear us out. We're not, yeah. not going to pretend that we know all the answers to these yeah. types of things. Because we definitely don't. And for sure, people a lot smarter than us are, are listening to it. But it's just an encouragement. Like, just have these conversations. And do some reading. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, but we got to hold the gospel above all, right? Mm. And the gospel is uh, for a person like Ellie, a person like Dina, a person like Abby, uh, and a person like Lev as well. So uh, yeah. we cannot, for us to take part in a cancel culture when the gospel calls us to make disciples of all nations, it's just, it's not in our cards. So yeah. um, it's mutually exclusive. That's right. So anyway, this has been fun, right? so fun it's like 10 o'clock at night right now I'm about to go to bed word yeah I get to work tomorrow uh, sorry dude anyway always a pleasure talking to you about games man same same let's do it again soon okay let's do it thank you guys so much hope you guys have a good night alright take it easy